Hello and welcome to We Don't Talk About The Weather, political discussion that to the uninitiated may just sound like screaming and crying. I definitely want to scream and cry after the debates this week. I'm Adam and I'm here with Hugh. Hello. And we're here to talk about the week's election news. I am quite a few bottles in after watching the debate. You turned up late. <laughs> I had to watch all yeah. of that thing and it was... It was like I liked. The, uh, weirdly enough, despite the uh, we had two debates this week. Mm. Um, we've, no, we had one debate and we had one. We had one debate and, and one like talking head audience panel interview. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what to call it. I tuned into so there was the one on uh, was it Monday? Yeah, that was on Channel. 4. Um, that was on Channel Four and Sky News, um, which was uh, Jeremy Corbyn. It was marketed as Jeremy Corbyn versus Theresa May. The big debate, you know, the big thing. Live, it was live debate live, you know, that kind of thing. Well, yeah, and they tried to sucker people in, and like, like and they the wrestling su- and, show and, that ends in a double count. Nothing yeah. happened. <laughs> it's fifty-fifty booking all the way. Yeah. Um, and it turned into it was uh, an audience panel thing with uh, Faisal Islam moderating, where Jeremy Corbyn came out, answered a load of questions, then a. Uh, a sit-down interview with Jeremy Paxman. Who is getting worse. Um, we'll talk about him in a second. Um, and then Theresa May comes out separately. I, I'm surprised they didn't just do it in separate locations. Yeah. Maybe there are separate rooms in Sky News headquarters in Austerley. <laughs> it's just... <laughs> they, they can't be in the same building. They well, just they can't. can't be in the same well, building. I've never seen them in the same room together. I mean, I can think of... Them not being P- in the same P- room, the same room once a week. <laughs> no, that, that's a different thing. That, that place yeah. exists outside of space and time. So oh that, yeah, yeah. Since, since the druids uh, built yeah, their it's, portal, yes, yeah. it's like Michael Moorcock uh, multiverse stuff, where the Eternal Champion meets several iterations of himself. They're both the same person, is what I'm saying. <laughs> and it's horseshoe theory to the nth degree. <laughs> so um, w- before we get onto that, the the debate we saw tonight, we'll talk about that Sky yeah. News one. So Jeremy Corbyn comes in, has the audience panel. Seems really, really good. He's really fucking good at this. Yeah, he's good at talking. He is really, really good at talking and doing election stuff. Mm. Like, say what you want about him, but he's he's very good at operating within those in those standards. Like, kind of got off a few. It what didn't come across as like fake chumminess either. Like talking to people no, like like normal people, not the it's kind like of not the kind of like the two thousand uh, two thousand fifteen thing. Or 2010 thing where, you know, Nick Clegg, man of the people, Nick Clegg, got lauded by the Guardian and the New Statesman for remembering people's names. And an important thing to remember about that election, Nick Clegg got less share of the votes than um, Charles Kennedy did. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. Fuck Nick Clegg. Um, but he did all right. Even with, He did like, all right um, in the audience was, thing. There's there was a, that bloke with the awful question. Yeah, so there was one guy stood up and said, um, ah, I am a salt of the earth. And it's like, it's the second somebody describes themselves as salt of the earth, you know that they're not salt of the earth. They are the opposite. They're the, uh, I don't know, vinegar of the moon. <laughs> um, and he's like, as an ordinary salt of the earth, Labour voting family, that's always yeah. the, the setup to the questions. My family voted Labour, like... Tossing back to a kind of pre-Thatcher social democratic, yeah, talking about a post-war kind of community kind of politics kind of thing, which serves to do actually nothing because yeah. he doesn't actually support those politics anymore. No. By saying you're from a Labour voting family, mm. you're explicitly discriminating against how you are now, in that your family's probably a lot smaller. And, you know, it's just like your nuclear family as opposed to kind of a community yeah. you felt in. And 
you're not voting Labour anymore. Anyway, the actual question he asked was, as a, as a Labour voting person, um, why have you made it impossible for Labour to vote for me? Yeah, A small like, businessman. A small businessman like him. And he talked about, like, oh, it's talking about the disgusting rise in corporation tax, forcing him to pay a minimum wage, forcing people, getting rid of zero-hour contracts. Mm. And it was quite nice that very quickly on Twitter. <laughs> yeah, within, within name, minutes. Yeah, the man's name's Manit Kapoor, a pharmacist whose net income is £915,000 a year. <laughs> and then there was a lot of pictures of him with his best mate um, at the opening of one of his pharmacies, Simon Dangshuk. <laughs> So it's Jeremy Corbyn that will mean, means that he can't possibly vote Labour, not a nonce. <laughs> it's just that noncing, okay. Raising corporation tax, very bad. There's like two things out of that. A, Labour aren't saying they're going to raise corporation tax. They say they're going to cancel the yeah. drop in corporation tax, yes. which is already lower than Germany. I think uh, US and Japan. Parts of the US and Japan. Parts of the US and Japan. Secondly. And this is kind of a two thing. He was with Simon Dandruck opening one of his pharmacies. <laughs> yep. Secondly, he's bitching about paying the minimum wage to pharmacy workers. Yeah. <laughs> he's <laughs> oh, also, he's a landlord. Oh, well, you know, it's it's been tough to... I mean, I'm surprised he could bring himself to... Oh, God. I, I, don't, I, I can't just... even think to finish that. It's so fucking obvious, like... Yeah, and... Oh, he's just... A... But um, I thought Jeremy Corbyn was great on that. I think he dealt with he dealt- Jeremy Paxman being a bellend really well. Jeremy Paxman really highlighted his problems. And maybe it's just because he's got older, he doesn't do them as much anymore. Does he still do Newsnight every week? Cause of he doesn't course, do Newsnight at all anymore. He doesn't do Newsnight, no. There's the no. bald man and sometimes James O'Brien. Okay. Um, but like... Back in the back in the nineties, he kind of got that reputation, or he's, he's really going to savage them. And I think, like, since he's retired, it's definitely kind of come into focus how his style was never actually that helpful. No, he's just a or doctor. even exposing like you're not exposing anything. Hmm. It's just it was the way as well when he was with Theresa May. He kept asking the same question, and as much as obviously not supporting Theresa May, she did actually give a workable answer, but he kept answering it and kept saying, I've asked you six times now. And it's like, you're just desperately trying to relive your old glories of that time you asked Michael Howard, you know, 15 times whether, what was it, prisons were, prison money was going to get cut or something. But also, it's... It's it just a parody. None of it ever achieved anything anyway. No, kind of no, stupid no. gotcha journalism. It's not... It's not like he was ever speaking truth to power. No, well, it made it made you if you were like a liberal or something like that, and you were opposed to the Tories. It made you feel better because because they were embarrassed. They were embarrassed. It wouldn't change anything. It wasn't actually talking about policy. It was a move away from politics into just treating politics like like a celebrity, which is where this has got us now. It's like you see in America with um, spending more time making Trump look like an idiot than Mm. actually trying to actively do anything about what he does. Yeah. Or what the other people would have done as well. I don't really understand the whole... I mean, just the thing, the, the debates in America, it's like, if you... If, like, Jeb Bush had turned around and called him a cunt, hmm. or, I don't know, something less, like, called him an arsehole just once, and saying, you're, you know, really fucking insulted him, Trump would have been done. Yeah, he would have had a tantrum. He would have had a, either a huge tantrum, well, or know. he would have just he would have just taken it. But I don't, know, Jet, I don't like, think he would have lost because their opponent, their there's still. I mean, I know there's more things going on than in like the political system than just how you score on a debate. Yeah. But 
Um, 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 Theresa May was shit on it. On Theresa May, when she came out, that fucking, even my girlfriend com- commented on it, the, the like bright red, and I'm not commenting on her clothes because she's a woman, but they were like... Oh yeah, she was wearing like an orange. It was suit like an and a orange. It was an orange suit, and the cravat was like you know those like um, you find those Amazonian frogs that um, develop lo- loads of weird warning colours. Yeah, it was like one of those. There were like eyes buried in it and everything. <laughs> it was fucking weird. Yeah, she wasn't very good. She got booed. She got jeered. Yeah. There were bits where the crowd didn't seem to like her that much. Yeah, didn't tell us anything more than you know Theresa well, May is generally unpopular. It just brought back into. Focus. Um, back into focus. Yeah. The fact that she waffles and all politicians in general just waffle. They don't answer. They just just open their mouths, white yeah. noise, and then they can move on to the next question. And that's part of the reason why people like Jeremy Corbyn because he does seem to answer them. Yeah, she's um like for all the fact that she's pretty hard right, her her manner and her technique are still straight from the Blair. Oh, the yeah. Blair and Cameron handbook. It's the, I believe it was the right thing for our country to do. Making the hand signals, making the hand gestures, talking about our country, this country, our country. Actually, no, she never says this country. She says our country. Mm. So she kind of has that like latent like um, community nationalism thing while she's like fucking impoverishing most of its inhabitants. But yeah... Th- Straight out of like the centrist, this is what a politician is supposed to look like, and politics is supposed to be a little boring so that you know pundits can get paid loads to decipher it for us. Mm. Like, yeah, she has not moved beyond that, and it's painfully obvious, like you say, it's painfully obvious now that you've got someone like Jeremy Corbyn who actually does answer questions and looks who the Like, yeah, he still do- he still like doesn't come straight out and say, um, he still equivocates on things, mm. of course, he would, but. He does answer questions. And then, um, so yeah, that was that debate. Mm. And then the one tonight, mm. which... Which uh, I actually arrived late for, so I've only seen the last kind of 45 minutes or so. Um, yeah. Tell me tell me about the first 45 minutes. <laughs> all right, then. Um, had all the, all the, all the, all the major parties, uh, Green, UKIP, Lib Dem... Green, UKIP, Lib Dem, SNP, Ply... Yeah. Tories, Labour. Yep. And... All okay. the party leaders except for Theresa May and, and Nicola Sturgeon. Yeah. yeah. And there was no... With the polling going as it is, mm. it really does show that you don't really, they, a lot of them have no business being on that platform. Yeah. Um, and Caroline Lucas, I like Caroline Lucas, but really she has she would have made a great... She'd be a great part of well, Jeremy Corbyn's cabinet. It was a kind of weird thing that we were kind of commenting on when we were watching it. It's like, oh yeah, um, Caroline Lucas. She would have made a you know a good, solid centre-left <laughs> Labour MP for most yeah. of her career. And then, uh, who was the other one? It was um, Tim Farron, oh. wasn't it? it was, is, yeah. is there any real difference between Tim Farron and most of the Labour right? No. It's no, like, no. he would have been a solid um, centre-right Most of the Labour right aren't quite as horrifically religious as him. Yeah, but no, uh, I mean they've got that strain within them. You know, it's the, they're, oh, they're the kind of do. they're the kind of people who make all their money or they don't make huge amounts of money, like not billions and billions, but they make enough to have a comfortable upper middle class living and then at some point they retire and find religion. I'm thinking yeah, of very specifically of Tony Blair. <laughs> yeah, but religion you know. they find is an evangelical fucking Christianity, which Yeah, is, true, true. Um which all the ev- English and evangelical Christians I've ever met have always been working class. Yeah, yeah. Because um, it's, oh, it's a fucking horrible religion. Well, you know, it appeals to... It, it's a 
fairly apocalyptic kind of all-consuming thing and it helps that kind of mm. if you're down or whatever but, um, yeah so most of those parties should have been there and I, I like the SMP yeah they're the third party mm. they probably should have been there but really all that they're going to do and all they did say is we need SMP yeah. people for a Scottish voice apply and I don't like the nationalist parties because I don't think that either of them will do well independent. Yeah. Um, but I'm more in favour of Ply because Leanne Wood just sounds like all of my aunties. <laughs> <laughs> so she just knows. And also, I just think that all of those social democratic principles sound better coming from a South Wales accent. Yeah, there was a there was um, a, a Labour Ply pact, wasn't there for a while? Like one one Wales. Yeah. Yeah. Um, for a while, and there was always that kind of tension because Labour were fully in their kind of Blair period. Well, Labour at the Wales time, so terrible. Yeah, because it's a safe job for life. There, they're, they're pretty shitty ones. Mm. Um, but yeah, it's uh, yeah, but it's, it's you know it's that accent. That's why I like I like the accent. It's why Michael Sheen has um his Welsh accent has been coming through whenever whenever he's doing any kind of politics stuff. <laughs> um, but most of them shouldn't have been there. And yeah. Amber Rudd is just the worst. You said it perfectly. She looks like a, um, a librarian who's really strict about library fees. <laughs> she's um, she's worse than Theresa May in that she has a softer voice. So the poison that she's dripping sounds less convincing. She doesn't sound as if she sounded as if she was reading off a script. And um, I mean, she was. all the Tories have. And I think how many more? To- how many more like front bench Tory ministers? I mean, you talk about like, uh, oh, Jeremy Corbyn doesn't have like the backbench talent or whatever to form a government. He does which he totally does? Because I mean, I bet that if he does win a lot of those uh, centrist um, the- Labour politicians, they'll come round. Yeah, but you don't need them. Well, I mean... Barry what, Gordon is whatever. amazing. John McDonald's amazing. Yeah. Just give them all the positions. <laughs> um, um, but, like... I mean, they've banished... Um, Michael Fallon is just a walking war crime whenever oh, he talks. Yes, Ironic yes. seeing as Defence Minister or whatever. But, um, ironic, really? A British Defence Minister being well, a walking yeah. war crime? <laughs> Maybe a British Defence Minister that hasn't heavily endorsed selling weapons to Saudi Arabia. <laughs> um... Well, they never endorse it. They just do it. Yeah. <laughs> they, don't, they don't have to sell it. That's no, one no. Of the um, uh, let's see. I mean, Pretty Patel. Boris Johnson's been banished. Oh, Boris Johnson's to been wherever so he needs to go. He's had some fucking... from the flipouts. Yeah, because he's terrible. As soon as you like, you raise your voice to him, or he gets slightly flustered. He starts to lose it. He starts to touch you. Yeah, and he starts to t- like. If I was an MP and I was like doing one of those things with mm. like the Sky News or the BBC News thing. And then he literally touched me on the shoulder. I hit the man. The man's a fucking prick. He pushes me. I'm going to fucking knock him out. You see, that's that's what I like about it. Actually, the run-up to this debate today yeah. has been really interesting because Theresa May has said she wouldn't appear at the leaders' debates. That's not a new thing. Leaders, PMs don't tend to appear at leaders' debates. They don't like it. Um, they've got nothing to, to win. They've got a lot to lose, especially Theresa May with her fucking horrible, horrible face and voice. Yep. Um... And they don't tend to appear, but like the pressure is building now that there's more and more kind of people who want to see that kind of thing. They want to see yeah. politics on TV and on on YouTube and whatever. Yeah, they do kind of need that a bit more. 
but she's ducked out of it. She never. She said she was never going to go. And then this morning, Jeremy Corbyn just turns up and goes, "Yeah, I'm going to go to the debate." He said yeah, he was going to empty chair it as well if she wasn't going to be there. Yeah. Understandably, because I understandably because there's no point. None they, of them. Interesting dynamic in this one was because Amber Rudd actually was there. Um, they didn't empty chair Theresa May. Yeah. They couldn't all focus on the Labour leader as they did to Miliband. Yeah. That yeah. uh, debate a couple of years ago with Miliband was just them savaging him. I didn't watch it. It was um, it was well, it was the opposition defending against the smaller oppositions with the government not That's... just not there. Which yeah. this time Amber Rudd took all of the shit. Yeah, all of the shit flying her way. But I really like that kind of like talking about hitting Boris Johnson, return of pagan Labour, <laughs> savage Labour, you know. <laughs> Whether it's a pithy phrase <laughs> or a fist thrown in anger, <laughs> there's those. Oh, there's so many of. I just don't understand how so many of them can keep their cool. Like Emily Formbury, she keeps her cool whenever she's talking to these stories, <laughs> yeah. and she just like goes, "Oh, you're wrong, though," and then she points out how they're wrong, and she does it very well. And yeah. It's like all I can think is, why aren't you just strangling him? <laughs> he just did it again. Why aren't you trying to bite his throat out? <laughs> As Home Secretary, can she even be sent to prison? Well, I mean, she must be able to be sent to prison. Well, I said earlier that if I was... Night, night, I am qualified to be Justice Secretary because I spent a night in the cells last night for <laughs> punching out Pretty Patel. <laughs> what a punch out Pretty Patel. Wouldn't be in a rub of that woman. <laughs> yeah. She's another one who's been banished as well. Um, apparently she was oh, like she's... proper hard Brexit. Well, yeah, she comes um, out with some really nice... She comes out with some really nice things that really don't help on a campaign trail, like... There is no lazier worker in the world than the British worker. Yeah. Once employed, the British worker is the laziest in the world. Yeah. Guaranteed vote winner. Yeah. <laughs> it's like all you're going to win are the votes of you <laughs> and your friends. They misjudged that moment. They produced a pamphlet in which they talked about productivity and they talked about um, the laziness of the, the British worker and everything. Um, I've got plenty of reasons why that's wrong, but I'm not going to go into it other than to say it is wrong. Mm. Um but yeah, I think they thought when Cameron came in, um, it was like that was the new Thatcherite moment, and all of those old Thatcherites have have not been banished, but they're firmly, you know, away from public speaking engagements and things like that. But they they fucking fall apart, mm. and it's interesting to see how many of those like front bench Tory politicians talking all about the shallowness of Corbyn's bench, like how fucking ridiculously incompetent they've proven to be when put under a fucking stage light and a camera. Yeah, um, yeah so this this debate, it was, you know, it was, was alright. Um, Emily from, um, Emily from, um, Amber Rudd, she did get jeered a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Which is pretty great. And supposedly the audience was a perfectly fair and balanced audience. It was like a demographically fair audience. Yeah, there was a mixture of all yeah. different voters, some undecided. And it was supposedly split down the middle, leave and remain. Yeah. They cheered Jeremy Corbyn a lot. Yeah. They booed Amber Rudd a lot. It was one of the conspiracy theories I was thinking of this morning when Corbyn said he was turning up. Hmm. Is that, I mean, obviously they've got, they haven't got a bunker mentality, but obviously they've had to deal with like terrible fucking media coverage. Like the media oh, yeah. is insane. Well, even David Dimbleby insane came out and said about that he hasn't Corbyn. seen anything like this before um, like just how and it, 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 it kind of made me wonder whether the idea of him empty chairing it and not turning up 
until the last moment, was a way of engineering it so that they genuinely didn't think he would turn up. Yeah. And so that they couldn't put in those those questions, you know, like push to the fore, those, the, like the really, like unfairly worded questions, you know, like the, I mean, the IRA stuff, it's been gone into so much, but, yeah. you know, the the, well, go, think, the gotcha questions, I suppose, not unfair, the gotcha questions. Well, gotcha questions, I don't think they really work anymore. Well, people see it every week on Question Time and no, but and people don't watch Question Time because no. you don't learn anything. No you don't get anything out of it other than who who can either avoid the thing or who can have the best soundbite. Mm. I thought it was very interesting. Theresa May's reasons for not turning up to the debate was she wanted to avoid a sparring of sound ty- sound bites with the Coalition of Chaos, thus managing to fit in two sound bites into her speech about how she wanted to avoid sound bites. Yep. Amazing. Amazing. Um, but yeah, so that's the debate. Well, it's yeah. this week. Um, the main, the, there's, I've got some important Labour news this mm-hmm. week that I saw. Um, first off, one of my favourite, probably my favourite British wrestler, Zach Sabre Jr., still heavily supporting. Oh, yeah, yeah, sure. Um, lovely picture of him with John McDonnell and revealing that John McDonnell is a Jackie Palover. <laughs> Which is endearing and adorable. Sir, back to the 70s. Fucking <laughs> welfare state, tax and spend. He was like 60s. Nah, he was, he, was, he was around in the 70s. Yeah, he was yeah. around in the 60s. But yeah, anyway. But that's just like, oh, that's just so awesome. Make me love John McDonald more. There was uh, the UKIP, <laughs> there was the UKIP manifesto launch. Um, yeah, I'm not good, like who's going to fucking read it because they are really are a spent force. Uh, Paul Nuttall was there today. Yeah, I've got to say that. Yeah, he was there. Yeah, he was there. He was being with his face like a man who can't believe what his mouth is saying. Yes, it's just oh, he's so terrible. He relies on. I tell you what, he would be laughed out of there even quicker if it weren't for the fact that his Liverpudlian accent lends the slightest shred of working class credibility to him to a media that is obsessed yeah. with cultural signifiers about the working class. Remember when the media said that Paul Nuttall's leadership of UKIP is the death knell for the Labour Party? <laughs> yeah. They would kill them. Yeah. And it has. It has definitely. It has. And it has. I good. saw the cover of the New Statesman today. It's got oh, um, a meteorite. It's got a meteorite heading towards uh, John McDonnell and uh, Jeremy Corbyn and Diane and, Abbott, and, uh, Diane Abbott um, saying uh, can Jeremy Corbyn avoid the uh, like catastrophe a catastrophe on june the 8th and it's like you made this cover up like three days ago yeah they have had a massive surge in the polls they still might not win Mm. it's according to the polls whatever like they might not win but like you can't say it's a fucking catastrophe no Um, they've done better than anyone would have expected i mean it's fucking bad but i I expect them to actually remain grounded in reality somehow. They've never been grounded in reality. The yeah. statesman is fucking appalling. But um, Paul Nuttall, um, he did say, he said that um, he's never changed any of his beliefs or views. <laughs> and I was just pissing myself laughing, just saying like, I'm, I've got hair, as much hair now as when I was 15. I have 20-20 vision. <laughs> Same. I've never changed. I'm the same man I am now that I was at 20. And he comes out from the podium and does like 20 (laughs) push-ups. Like double counting. (laughs) Just does burpees until he throws up his own heart. (laughs) Punch me in the face. Go on, punch me in the face. I can take it. You get a free one. 
he's same man I was when I was he's twenty. So perfect. I did like. He um, is rubbish. What I did like is during the debate, he did say he'd like um, talking about Manchester. Um, was like the real problem is Islamism, <sighs> and then the crowd just went. Ugh. Yeah, yeah. And that's that's nice. I, that made me feel quite good. That mm. that is generally the opinion people have on that kind of bullshit. I mean, do we want to talk about kind of more of the fallout of Manchester, the kind of stuff that's been going on this um, week? Well, Jeremy Corbyn did say that correct thing that foreign policy has a part to play. Yeah, that was one of the that was one of the things in the first debate, uh, the first, the Sky News yeah. uh, interview that he said was we can't ignore the fact that. He didn't even say foreign policy was the cause, as no. a lot of liberal wonks went on about over the week. Um, well-known wag Sonny Hundle um, started uh, tweeting after the uh, those uh, Coptic Christians were uh, yeah. killed in Egypt and said, oh, Coptic Christians, their foreign policy must have contributed to it. And it's like so stupid, you don't even need a fucking yeah. deconstruction. But he didn't even say that British no, foreign policy was the one thing. Mm. He said... It's one of the things. One of the things that really got me, and made me really angry after he made that correct statement, mm. and it was, and in general the speech was well, uh, well received. It was a good speech, but um, people were saying like, "Oh, the terror attacks in France. Mm. France had nothing to do with Iraq and Afghanistan." It's like, <laughs> yeah, but France, the, the, they're Algerian. If they're ethnic, if like France. France does have an imperial past. You do you do understand history, don't you, people? No. History started on 9-11. Alright? It did. What? No. <laughs> France and Fukuyama told me that it ended. <laughs> but no, yeah, no. It was it's, a... it's that fundamental thing that a lot of these people, these supposedly smart people, in yeah. these, these things that you read, in these papers and magazines that you read if you're a smart person, they're yeah. not smart people. Hmm. And it's like, oh, what about the terror attack in Belgium? Belgium's got a fucking horrific past. But also, where was the attacks in Belgium? Yeah. It was at um, the EU. Yeah. It was at the EU Commission. Hmm. And, uh, but yeah, it's like... Not bothering to find out anything about, you know, people who actually live in Belgium and Belgian commentators on the fact that Molenbeek, where a lot of the the Paris attackers were from and ran to after the, uh, the, um, what's it called, the... Shit, the uh, the concert venue... Backland. Uh, Backland, sorry. Um, Backland attack. Um, you know, some of them were from, from Molenbeek, this big housing estate in yeah. uh, the middle of Brussels. Brussels is very sparsely policed. There's a lot mm. of wealth and stuff concentrated, which, of course, goes along with a lot of service industry kind of squalor and, and you know, working-class capitalist deprivation. Yeah. Um, and there was none of that. It was all reduced to one thing, like you say, by these supposedly smart people, and kind of, it's, it's, they're acting like terrorism is the one thing without a cause. Yeah. You know, oh, it just doesn't, they just, they just hate us. They hate us because of, um, they hate us because Ariana Grande is allowed to wear a short skirt. Well, the the Daily Mail said that they hate, um, the reason the terrorist attack happened, they had two great articles on it. One was because Ariana Grande dressed like a slut. Yeah. The other one was because um, the person who did it smoked a load of weed. And it's oh, nice yeah. to, it's nice to see the Daily Mail having so much in common with the Taliban. <laughs> it's like, oh, for fuck's sake. You know, or not, not examining any other kind of axes, like the fact that, you know, Islamists aren't allowed to drink. Nope. So maybe, just maybe, they turn to something else. 
Well, I to like have a good time or whatever. LBD. Is it LBD mm. or Alabd? It's uh, Abd. Abd. Yeah. Um, yeah, he smoked a lot of weed as a teenager. Do you know who else smoked a lot of weed as a teenager? Yeah. Every teenager. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's not a correlation thing. And there was like the male had the the, the male with its attitude towards weed. Of course, it's going to be fucking terrible. Yeah. But they've got this. I can't remember his name now. The doctor who they have who does it. Yeah. Oh, he's a he's a filthy scumbag because he he's a psychiatrist in the NHS he prescribes an awful lot of benzos yeah and as someone who has taken a lot of drugs and been around people who've taken a lot of drugs benzos are significantly worse <laughs> they are they are they're just you talk to anyone you, you can see it, someone who's taken benzos all their life mm. you can see them the way their face is shaped it's it's a horror they're horrible drugs um, but yeah the males are fucking dirtbag everyone knew the males are brag anyway yeah, but um, the idea that terrorism is yeah this that they they hate us because of our freedom is such an absurdly reductionist. It's it's so stupid. Yeah, it's so stupid, and it's it ought, it gets rid of any notion of guilt. Yeah, and I'm not saying that we deserve to be attacked. It's not we, we, is do. it? When well, they say that's the yeah. thing as well. They say our foreign policy. Yeah, it's like I didn't. No, decide to go into Libya. It's not our foreign foreign policy. It's Western There's. states' foreign policy. No, we didn't want we didn't want to go into Libya. Yeah, and also important thing with the um, with with um, Abidi is when he was sixteen, he was signed off in going into Libya. Yeah, by Theresa May. It was about the time when um, the civil war was going on. Um, yeah. The British state took having had a kind of uh, thawing of relations with Gaddafi for many years. Tony Blair went out there to meet him, talk about industry and basically bringing him into. Um, yeah, we talked about. This I mean, if you want to say bring him, him into the imperial fold, basically. Yeah. Um, when he when the civil war started, they signed off on a load of Libyan expats who a lot of whom moved to Manchester, allowed them to to go back. His dad was arrested well, in Libya, having been a member of a militia group. Well, one of the numbers I saw was three quarters of the foreign fighters in Libya were from Manchester. Hmm. Um, yeah, that's that what we mean by foreign policy. Yeah, we don't even just mean like the Iraq War or well, bombing no, Iraq, but the a, attitude. Thing. The, the the thing is like the Iraq War, Afghanistan, bombing the shit out of of Libya, bombing the shit out of Syria and Yemen. That creates an amazing playground, a lawless playground where people yeah. can happily organise and train. But it's the helping and training people who you don't agree with and you wouldn't agree yeah. with but because they hate the person you hate they're fighting proxy wars i mean yeah. this is yeah, like we're not we're not getting war. into a huge like i'd love to do like a bit on kind of modern imperialism things i've had yeah. so many fucking arguments about this including somebody said oh all the empire all the empires are gone and it's like well no yeah. you know what i mean like yeah. the 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 old like 19th century empires are all gone well, right yeah. And it's like, yeah, but how hats. do you, yeah, how do you explain this, this, and this? Yeah. But basically, it's that the West has been kind of picking and choosing winners. I'm not even denying agency from people in Syria mm. or in Libya or anywhere like that. There are clearly fucking massive, violent political upheavals that are going to happen in those places. But you can't reduce it to one thing. And what I definitely know about the West role is that they pick and choose sides. They pick and choose winners. And they will not, maybe not get involved directly, but they will train one side over the other in order to achieve a geopolitical and imperial 
goal hmm. that benefits them. But that's the kind of nuanced discussion about the veins and the connections and the relationships. I'll get that into a headline. Yeah. It's fucking it's fucking crazy. And the idea that this is coming up at the same time that the media are going uh, uh, going on at Corbyn about um the IRA and Hamas. Yeah. Also as if the IRA and Hamas are the same thing. They are exactly the same thing. And it's fucking it's the media's we've said it so often, but the media has fucking really, really let people down recently. I mean it's been letting people um, down for a long time, but this has brought it this has brought it right to the surface um, how much almost every publication when you when I go to fucking Twitter and medium what? for better takes and better analysis of things of things that I don't know than mainstream media or whatever that's the mainstream media actually kind of failing well to do what it's supposed to do before we go on to our next subject I will anyway. bring up with regards to the media um, Sam Chris had a very good point yeah and he's banged on about this for a long time yeah and a lot of people have actually banged on about yeah. it a long time sure. um, it's the reason they're so horrible to Corbyn is social democracy cannot exist without the threat of revolution. Yeah. And because that threat in general is gone, that's why the press mm. feels so happy to just full-on destroy you and just constantly lie. It's been endless lies. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah. Okay, now we're going to go on to a new segment. Probably a once-only segment. Well, <laughs> <laughs> no, because what we're going to talk about is we're going to talk about specifically stuff to do with Corbyn. And... I'm for the. This is the first time in our fourteen episodes. We're on our fourteenth episode now. We're going to bring in another person. We're going to bring in a woman. <laughs> my wife. She's my wife first before herself as a person. Yes, that's very true. Yeah, Holly. <laughs> and I really like the really aggressive way you said bringing a woman. Yeah, and that made me feel really good about myself. So thank you. almost like we were being forced. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> They were being forced because well, I'm in the living room. Well, until the Brexit thing happens, the dang you <laughs> forcing me to have a woman on here. <laughs> I tried to have just have the cat, but you know, it doesn't count apparently. Unrealistic fiscal plans. But yeah, we're going to talk about stuff. That... Was a good joke. <laughs> <laughs> I giggled. Joke. It was just a small giggle, yeah, but it was present. Um, so yeah, we're going to talk about. Could you what tell was... people my name? Because I, I said like... your name was Holly. You just said that I'm a woman and that I'm your you wife. Did, you did say Holly very, very quiet. I did. It was very quiet. Okay. Say it again. Okay. My beautiful wife, the love of my life, Holly Phillips. So we're going to talk about the kind of arguments you might have with an obnoxious family member who just thinks, just, just won't vote for the Labour Party. We all have them. We all do. <laughs> and brought my wife on to do this because me and Adam, we've already alienated our family. <laughs> um... <laughs> So we don't have these questions anymore. <laughs> they don't listen to us because we just end up screaming Stalin at them until they ask us to leave the room. <laughs> Yet somehow I am coming to you both for advice. Yeah. That's what I want. I want like easy, accessible, bite-sized pieces of information to give to friends and family who are annoying me. That's what I'm coming to, to yeah. you for. And it does get annoying, doesn't it? Like the, Just the yeah. kind of stuff. Because people only read the stupid magazines we talked about in the last in the last segment, and it's they read those stupid magazines and then they say something from one of those magazines like it's their own original thought. Yeah, yeah. and you have to be respectful and go yeah. aha 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 yeah. like you haven't heard that before. You don't have to be respectful. You just you just scream at them. <laughs> okay, but this is you know so this, <laughs> this, this, this is us trying not. This screaming. is somewhere in the middle counter hegemonic programming <laughs> of 
A very specific kind. Okay. So Holly, you've got some If I got the floor. Stand- yeah, you've <laughs> yeah. got some you've got some of the standard questions you're asked. Yeah, well okay, so yeah, I've I've, I've got a few and, and these these aren't about anyone in particular, but No, some for of example, them really are. Well no, they're, they're not about <laughs> anyone in particular, but say for example, like me, you've got a mother-in-law who thinks that Jeremy Corbyn's a member of the IRA, a father-in-law that thinks he's going to kill all the Jews, or a brother-in-law that thinks that immigrants eat swans. Or, to put it another way, (laughs) my dad thinks... Completely anonymous. (laughs) Completely anonymous. Completely anonymous. (laughs) Okay, semi-anonymous. But let's start with, okay, this person actually isn't my mum, but it is someone's mum. Yep. And We're which kind of yeah yeah, and a lot of people's mums, which kind of gave me the idea to do this. Which was a friend of mine was talking to me about her mum, the conversations that they'd been having about the election and about Jeremy Corbyn. And her mum had said to her, "I agree with his policies. I like the manifesto, but I think that he supported the IRA. So therefore, I can never vote for him." And a friend who was telling me the story was like, she was just looking for handy things to say in retaliation. Is this how so, to explain membership of the IRA? Or? <laughs> um, I guess I guess there's a couple of things. Did he support the IRA? And then if and then let's talk about that a little bit. What to say to someone who says that? Hmm. Like literally that. So I would vote for Jeremy Corbyn, but he supported the IRA. Well, okay. he did make bombs for the IRA. He didn't hide people who were IRA soldiers. Yeah. He talked to the IRA. He talked to members of the IRA. He talked to leadership people. He talked to talked to Shim Fade a lot. Mm. But at that time, he was one of the only ones who did, mm. and it was specifically because of the likes of him that people like Momolum were even given a seat at the table to talk to them, because up until that point, their only experience of the British state was funding the UVF and target assassinations, shooting marchers. Yeah. It's like, it's this thing that's been happening with talking about Corbyn and the IRA, is people seem to have utterly forgotten the other side of that, as if all that happened in Northern Ireland was there was Ulster Volunteer Force and a bunch of other nationalists and the British, and they said to the IRA, stop bombing us, please, and the IRA went, nah, love bombing. I'd like to point out as well, at the time that Corbyn was talking here to the IRA, um... So was the British state. Yeah. But as an adversary. Bear in mind, the IRA in Northern Ireland was made up of thousands of Northern Irish, young Northern Irish men and women who were still British citizens. Yeah. It's the thing that kind of gets lost in all of this mm. In is that it was, it was as much a, a kind of an apartheid situation as kind of almost as much of an apartheid situation as, as South Africa was in, in that way, in that the development of the Northern Irish conflict was, it was reasonably quiet. There was a solid um, discriminatory Protestant majority in Northern Ireland that denied Catholics access to jobs, seats on councils, mm. um, things like that. And when they marched in the manner of Martin Luther King against mm. in a civil rights march, they were shot down on Bloody Sunday. You know, it's everyone gets real historical amnesia, and the amount of people mm. who've come out and know, like, are just. I mean, I suppose it's journalists, like you say, it's something mm. they've read mm. that, oh, the IRA, it's the immediate fear note gets struck mm. into them. 
And like, yeah, I've got a particular view on that, but like the easiest way of coming across that is to say that, yeah, he talked to them and look what happened. Look mm. what a, an actual Labour government did. One of the few, yeah. like one of those good things. It was the mm. only good thing that the Labour government mm. did. That, the, the, like, the only long-lasting good thing mm. that that Labour yeah. government did. Yeah. And the only reason that they that they were allowed to talk mm. was because they trusted the likes of mm. Jeremy Corbyn. Yeah, Whereas they wouldn't have the trusted first... Tony Blair, they wouldn't have no. trusted him at all. No. No, someone has to make the first move and have the first conversation. And the other thing is, is that we all accept now that it was the right thing to do. And I think, I know you guys earlier were kind of talking about Manchester, but it's like we're in a time now of of a lot of fear and anxiety. And it's like, mm. we were in that time before. I don't really oh, remember it. Bombs. but there like, and, were and more kind of, bombs. There were more killings. ended yeah. from conversation. Yeah. And, so, mm. and so it's really understandable when people kind of go you can't talk to terrorists and I totally understand them saying that but also normally the you thing that makes things better mm. is exactly that and it did make things better we're no longer scared of the IRA bombing us we've got mm. different things to be scared of now but mm. it it did start with conversation there's always that kind of implicit thing as well in the in the coverage of that kind of thing where it's if you don't denounce the thing that they don't like mm. um if you if you or if you have like some kind of denouncement of the killing, what they expect is a full throated support of the other side of, mm. their, of their side, which yeah. you know would be the British state, the UVF, the Ulster Volunteers, mm. the you know the the Ulster Unionists and things like that. You know the DUP who are like a normal political party now, but at the time, up until I was like a teenager, were the ones who were yelling at the Pope and stuff. Yeah, yeah. were hardcore well, anti-Catholic. Mm. Um, Psychos. That's the reductionist way of the way they've done it now. Is like they're talking about like Sinn Fein, the yeah. political mm. wing. It's like the DUP are the political wing as well. Mm. And also, I th- I do, why do you have a problem with a group having a political wing? Mm. Because surely that means that there is they are open to change. Mm. They want th- it's 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 again depoliticizing it. It's making it into a matter of good and evil, yeah. which mm. is where that reaction that your friend's mum had, mm. because all. All the British get told all their lives is IRA, evil, evil, evil. Yeah. And it's like they're a, a militant militia, well, they're a mm. militia and a terrorist organisation within a larger context mm. who are fighting a war. And it, and the, and like, like I said, the divorce, complete divorce of the idea that these were British citizens. They yeah. weren't foreigners. No. Yeah. Not that that necessarily makes any difference, but in the psyche of people's heads, mm. they think of the IRA as foreign terrorists, yeah. Irish yeah. foreign terrorists. They were British citizens. Yeah. So the thing is that thinking of them as foreign terrorists sort of proves the thing that Northern Ireland should be part of the rest well, of Ireland. Yeah, mm. it's because the, it's the attitude mm. they've always had. I wouldn't go into anti-Catholicism yeah. of the English fucking years, but... Yeah, that's that's good, because I'm going to move your podcast along. Okay, move on. (laughs) It doesn't take me long to take control. (laughs) Um, Okay, so the next thing that I have heard, brought up, conversations between people and their families that um, I think it's really relevant, actually, because I find it really alien. But there's a generation who just kind of go, it'll be just like the 1970s, and it was the worst. And I have no concept of the 1970s being the worst, Mm. because, well, I was born in the 70s, but I was pretty small, Mm. and it seemed fine to me. I just played with dolls. 
and well not just dolls there were boy toys too but I wasn't really into trucks um so but I just think that kind of that standard thing that you get from the older generation of oh you don't understand it was strikes all the time three day week everything was awful Jeremy Corbyn is going to take us back to that what what can we say as someone born in the 80s let me tell you about that okay actually I'll, I'll put this over to you it's a it's a weird thing because there's a massive probably since New Labour there's been a massive train and a massive industry based around nostalgia so back to the 70s sounds of the 70s you know you get the mm. 90s 70s 80s and 90s talking heads and the only thing that people seem to have about that is a firm feeling of like why can't things be that way again mm. you know that they have um like, I mean, if, you're, if your friend is saying he'll take us back to the 1970s and saying they experienced it, say, well, what did you like about it? Again, it's not enough to paint the whole mm. decade with one brush that's like, oh, it was all strikes all the time. There was the winter mm. of discontent, the three-day week and, and that kind of stuff. How long did that but, last for? Like, uh, I, don't I think it know. was about four or five months. I might be completely yeah. fucking wrong there, but that's off the top of my head. But, and also, that's that's a subject for another pod. Yeah, about, there's a whole load about of how the three day week was actually pretty great. Yeah, it wasn't. It wasn't. Well, bad. that's the, one of the things I'm getting at. It's like you get an older generation kind of go. It was mm. awful. There was a three day week, and I mean, that sounds kind of awesome. Yeah. But also, I mean, just naturally, like, I would quite like to work three days a week what? and have fun for the other four. So it seems a weird statement to me. There's been, again, a, a kind of narrative about the 70s and about the winter of discontent that gets spread to the rest of the 70s. Mm. Um, of It was all strikes. And what they're remembering about the bad stuff is rubbish piling up in the streets, dead going unburied. That's always the, the male, the dead mm. male's line about the 70s. And you've got a kind of like put them on it's like well what about Jeremy Corbyn's policies now suggest mm-hmm. to you that a crisis state like the winter of discontent is going to happen again what do you think he could do to not make that happen to make it so that public services don't have to mm-hmm. do that kind of thing okay. why were they striking that kind so of thing? no I, I completely agree with you but I also know the answer to that would be oh he's going to empower unions and unions if mm. they get too much power I don't think this no. this is what I say <laughs> unions if they get too much power mm. will use that power and hold it over us and refuse to drive trains or mm. turn lights the on only union, that's what they would say the only union stuff he said is he's going to backtrack on the anti-union stuff that was put in around with this last mm. government yeah if we're talking specifically about Corbyn, like not us, yeah. what we no. think about no. well, no, what, what we... he would do. Yeah, yeah. there's and been he's... restrictive union laws in this country for yeah. you know twenty odd, thirty odd years, and he's not even going back. back he's not even he's not even going back to the the seventies no. with his union laws. He's going back to seven years ago, mm. Mm. which okay, well, at that point were hard yeah. enough. And were they happy to live then? Yeah. Were they happy in two thousand five? Because that's all how I the fucking union laws from... What about the nineties? The nineties were pretty great. Although maybe um, I was just on a lot of drugs. It was so <laughs> how do we get back to that? <laughs> um, uh, we need to recreate the Soviet Union and then have it fall and have <laughs> capitalists flush with all the money expropriated. 
from <laughs> and like a big rush Eastern of easy European. credit. A big rush of easy thing. credit. So easy to get credit cards then. That's one of the most amazing things. It's like, oh, he'll he'll build up a load of debt, and it's like, why do you think you were living so well? Yes. <laughs> it's like because capitalism can't manage its own problems. It had a problem with consumption, so it just manufactured just more consumption debt. and then decided it was a problem. Yeah. <laughs> Okay. Yeah, think of the good things. Think <laughs> of the good things from it. If you lived through it, what were the good things about it? Mm. Was your dad on strike? Was your mum on strike? Mm. You know, that kind of thing. Well, did also, you have I more think they're did you, Could you afford holidays? Did you have more time mm. off? Because actually, that's it. could you afford your education? Because that's the other thing I hear from people of that generation. Mm. They might yeah. talk about the winter of discontent, but they also talk about like having regular family holidays, which yeah. now a lot of people can't afford and don't get to do. I finished on the clock at five and yeah, people I did, went home right? to my family, but in the house that I bought for them. Yeah, <laughs> that cost also, me 20 grand. On, on, my, lo- on my low-level council workers' <laughs> salary. Yeah. Like... Yeah, yeah, I want to go back to the seventies. Your your, your your bad memories of the seventies probably cloud out some of the great things about the seventies. Yeah. Being able Sabbath. to afford a home. Suede. <laughs> Hawkwind. 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 Yeah. yeah, it's always circling back to Hawkwind. It's a weird kind of yeah, but it's a yeah, it's a weird it is a weird thing. It's a lot of weird kind of nostalgia swirling around with mm. a kind of hatred for the decade. I mean, yeah. you know, it's it's an overcoming of that. Yeah. That narrative where yeah. they, they only bring out the bad things, you know? Okay, so next thing. Say, not that this is in any way personal, but say that you've got a dad who is really, really convinced that Jeremy Corbyn is an anti Semite. Okay. Like, I mean, in a deep way. Like, like in he's a. Jeremy he's, Corbyn, in his soul, hates Jews. I think he is. Like, and personally, like, not just tolerates it, but. No, personally. no, like. And, and his evidence for this would be that Jeremy Corbyn um, called Hamas friends, that he has done speaking events with Hamas, and he also reads a lot of Nick Cohen, so that probably doesn't help. But what, yeah. what could a person, well, a hypothetical person, not me, say to a hypothetical dad, not my dad, <laughs> well, the thing is, about that? Same things like, you know, being, talking with Hamas, being on panels with people like that and calling them friends... That's the same as the earlier point with the IRA. Mm. The only way to end any of this is through talking and being nice. And that's why you hang mm. out with those kind of people. I don't think Jeremy Corbyn's an anti-Semite. I don't think Jeremy Corbyn supporters are anti-Semitic. No. Um, good example would be this week with, I think it was Emma Barnett. Is that her name? Yeah, yeah. that's her name. Yeah, the Radio 5. Uh, yeah, the Women's Hour um, person who... Um, who questioned him about the figures for the child? Yeah, he couldn't remember yeah. the numbers. It was one of those was it was a small gotcha thing that was yeah. way bigger than it needed yeah. to be. Um, but the people who say that Jeremy Corbyn's anti-Semitic, one of the big things they made a big deal about this because literally one person on Twitter said, "I hear she's a Zionist," and there was that one comment on Twitter, and they all passed around this comment, and there was quite a few articles written about it. Nick Cohen ranted and raved about it. None of them talked about the replies to that comment on Twitter, which was a whole bunch of Corbyn supporters telling them to shut up, Mm. that this is rubbish, this doesn't mean anything, what would it matter? They don't care about that because it's just used as a... Mm. It's used as a a nice stick. Mm. And um, the statistic that came out 
this week the from the Jewish Chronicle. Mm, yeah. It's like seventy seven percent of most people who responded to most Jewish people who responded to that survey were gonna vote Tory. Yeah. Wasn't it? Yeah. Well, because they couldn't stand Jeremy Corbyn. Mm. But you know, this is this is a survey done by the Jewish Chronicle, which is a hard right yeah. Jewish paper that has spent the last two years calling him an anti-Semite. Yeah. So I'm surprised that the number was that low, to be honest. I mean, yeah, there is a there is a kind of stereotype about like um, old North London lefties and mm. uh, being Jewish and, and things like that. I don't think it's it's necessarily true anymore, to the extent that it was ever true. But well, you can't, you literally can't stereotype about these things because that's the problem. Who am I going to believe know? about Jeremy Corbyn's anti-Semitism? Am I going to believe Nick Cohen, who's not Jewish? Or am I going to believe Michael Rosen? Who is Jewish mm. and doesn't think he is in the slightest. Yeah. It's one of those things. Yeah, I mean, yeah, dr- yeah, that's a really I, good point. Yeah. I'm, I'm not Jewish. I've mm. never experienced anti Semitism. I don't, you know. I've but Michael seen, Rosen. I've has. never seen anti Semitism like in, in public. I have. It's one of those things. I've never My seen grandmother. <laughs> the other day, someone really went out of their way to tell me they were Jewish. Like, it wasn't a natural flow for the conversation at all. But they really made a point of saying it to me, and I really wondered if it was because of my massive curly hair and my big nose. They were trying, <laughs> and I'm not saying that, that's not anti-Semitism, I'm just saying that, well, I don't know. <laughs> but they singled me out yeah. because of my hair and my nose, and I felt victimised, I did not feel victimised. Yeah, Did you say that they chose you? <laughs> yes, it's so weird. <laughs> exactly <laughs> that. Even if, and the thing is, I would say that there's, there's probably anti-Semitism in the Labour Party. There's some. There's, look, the thing there is, there's anti-Semitism pro- all o- in in all society. Yeah. Um, I'd say that there's probably significantly more anti-Semitism in the Tories. Yeah. And that kind UKIP of UKIP is probably like, riddled with it. Like that giggling in the back kind of uh, yeah. anti-Semitism, and there's definitely there's some like pro-Palestinian um, stuff that is like no, and it gets shoved out because it's really really fucking important to the Palestinian liberation movement. It's really important to the pro-Palestinian movement that that stuff doesn't get thin because it's a stick again, a stick that they they get hit with themselves. But yeah, you're right. But Jeremy Corbyn doesn't like, isn't going to get involved in those particular kind of games. He's got a particular political view on those things, and it's politics that's going to solve it. That's the only way it's going to solve mm. it. There's no other way of doing it short of horrific things that happen. You know. Mm. Okay. Next. Okay. Next one. Um, so say someone is talking to their brother uh, about Jeremy Corbyn and he is convinced that the problem with Jeremy Corbyn is that immigrants like killing and eating swans. Mm-hmm. Well, the first thing I'd say there is that Jeremy Corbyn will increase funding towards mental health to deal with that. <laughs> Are you implying that immigrants don't actually kill and eat swans? I don't because think they kill and eat I, swans to I've the extent that your brother thinks that. <laughs> I've been told that that's what they do. They kill and eat swans. I think he's making a larger point about all those scare stories about immigrants and immigration generally. It's, I mean... Yeah, I mean, okay, so the more serious point beyond the immigrants kill and eat swans, which obviously they don't. And maybe if they, I mean, why are swans so special? If you eat chicken, just because swans look better. It's the queen of the animal kingdom. (laughs) But uh, um, well, that's, I just... guess the bigger the bigger point would be that someone saying to you, okay, well, he's like he's not going to control immigration, yeah. and he is just going to let loads of people come over. Like, well, actually, yeah. immigration. Well, he said today, and he said before that we're leaving the EU, so free movement of people is going to come to an end. 
Yeah. So, yeah, there will be less. It was one of the things I was less than enthusiastic about yeah. in his first debate was the fact that he said, I would imagine, he basically said, I would imagine it came down and then repeated the thing about immigrants lowering wages, which is not, not true. entirely true. It's not the same thing. They're not doing the same jobs. It's not comparison, yada, yada, yada. One of those things that he appears to have had to compromise with the Labour Party, because God knows they're not going to let it go. No. The Labour right well, are not going to let that the go. The thing that I'd say to it is, um, even if it's true that Immigrants eat swans. Mm. <laughs> there will be less of a need to eat swans under a Corbyn government mm. because of the whole. If you're working for a company, you can't pay your lowest staff less than like you can't you can't earn more than twenty times more than yeah, your lowest yeah. member, and you know raising minimum mm. wage will mean they have to eat less swans. Yeah. Actually, the other thing that I would say in this conversation, not that the person who believes that immigrants eat swans would necessarily listen to me. But I would try on... Um, well, they won't listen to you. Um, that one of the things that Jeremy Corbyn is going to do is bring back a fund that did exist but then got taken away, um, which was putting money into areas that had suffered a huge influx of immigration very, very quickly before... Yeah, but to be fair, you're, that's not going to affect your brother in the fucking slightest because he lives in Kingsland. So, no, Kings, no. I mean, he drives well, me crazy, no, but I mean, no, Kingsland absolutely it's... has had that. And then what you get is you get these little kind of towns in the middle of nowhere in Norfolk, I'm ignoring your wanking sign, um, in the middle of nowhere in Norfolk, where actually they, they're kind of old-fashioned, these little towns, and suddenly loads of people move in, and they're not great at coping. And well, also the schools aren't big racist? enough. Yes, <laughs> I do. But they're small schools, they're small doctor surgeries and actually so I think putting more money into areas where suddenly there's going to be oh, no. a huge influx that is, is a, good, a good thing that is a good do. thing that's so, one of the things where I come like, like completely yeah, sure, against absolutely, yeah. East Anglia is reclaimed land we should just give it back to Poseidon mm. um, no fuck everyone who lives there give just it to the Dutch yeah. give yeah. it back to the Dutch yeah. <laughs> Re- <laughs> they built it reinstate the land bridge the Dutch built it they, uh, they should have like, it I would say that like Whenever anyone comes out with these stories, and like God knows, like if you're listening to this and you're British, you've heard the stories, like the scare stories or whatever. They always come from a bad place. The person mm. who's saying it is upset, but then, then they're projecting that onto immigration. Mm. It might have affected them, it might have not, mm. to, a, you know, to a lesser or greater degree, but they're coming from a bad place. And mm. the solution to that is to make it a better place not yeah. to make things as shit because that seems to be that's been the immigration thing for years it's punishing them mm. when, I remember when they were coming up with those English lesson things the Tories were coming up with mm. uh, mandatory English lessons and they said that mandatory will make them learn English whether they like it or not it's like no we'll give them free English lessons it's a good yeah. thing make it better well the thing is one of the things that yeah. made me really like that made my me bristle mm. that make them learn English because yeah. you do realise that this is literally where the IRA stuff came from yeah from forcing mm. them to learn it's English slightly you do realise like the IRA with the relationship with the English generally yeah well mm. it, it happened in Wales mm. um as well, yeah. but yeah, it's it's, it's a, the infliction of something that they're so proud of. Infliction of it as a punishment. Mm. Yeah, it's 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 crazy, and all you have to do is literally flip that around. Yeah, and it's like Same wouldn't you like it so that your life was a bit better? Mm. And it seems very reductionist, but it's yeah, make your life a little bit better. Wouldn't yeah. you be happier? And then you'll see how you feel about it. Yeah, you know. Okay, so my next one. So this is um, say you're having a facial. Which I'm sure you guys can both really relate to. I have so many facials. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, so I want you to like... Okay. I'm down at the spot. So you know what it's like. You're lying there, like on your back. Yeah. There's a really nice person 
um, who you maybe don't have that much to come with, but she's really nice and she's like doing stuff to your face. And mm -hmm. as she's doing stuff to your face, you're talking about the upcoming election. Yeah. You're in a kind of vulnerable position. So I'm always talking about when yeah. someone's doing something to my face. There you are, you're lying there on your back while someone pokes at your skin. Yeah. And whilst that's happening, this person, she says to you, well, the thing is, I'm just not sure about Jeremy Corbyn because I just don't think that he's that strong and I think Theresa May probably is. Um, she's not. Yeah. Okay, that's a really... Yeah. Really a, okay, she's been in a position of power for seven years mm. and consistently fucked up. Yeah. She's a bigoted... She well, she's she's a racist. But they she's didn't ask whether she was bigoted. They asked whether she was strong. That's but the thing is, she's not even she's thing. not even a good fascist. But yeah, but like to undermine that, you've got like I hear this all the fucking time. Like, oh, he's just not like Jeremy Corbyn. Just is it on the flip side? Jeremy Corbyn just isn't credible. I just don't think he'd be a good leader. And you've got to kind of interrogate what they think they mean because that's mm. a soundbite. Yeah. I just don't think I think he I think he'd make the country. I think he's very unstable, and. That's the bit you've got to get them on. Mm. You know, you've got to get them on. Um, what do you think is a strong leader? Mm. What do you think that means to you? You know, like when you say credible, what do you mean? Where do you get credibility from? Mm. Who who confers it on you? Mm. Media well, have it all the time. They, Theresa May. Has, they want to be the ones who convey that to people. Mm. Theresa May has crumbled and mm. had. And you you watch her. Watch her whenever she's questioned on yeah. anything. And she freaks out. She pulls faces. She hunches over and she can't stop doing that fucking grimace. Yeah, was that? It, uh, yeah, this works perfectly. It's, on audio, it's like she went. You she know had all the knows. It's okay. She had all the lessons that, like the Blairite spin doctor type people have yes. taught you, but she has. She's. She hasn't learned those. She's lessons. like a solid C student at it. Mm. So you constantly see when it shifts and she has to do the the mm. jizz and stuff yeah. like that. Whereas Corbyn doesn't. Because mm. he yeah. just talks normally. I, I just yeah. think, I mean, my standard comeback is that I think you have to be strong to put up with the amount of shit he's put up with. Uh, yeah, sure. Like, he's well, put up with so much of well, this. And to not break and cry and scream mm -hmm. and want to kill yourself after the sheer volume well, so of movies. So that, that for me is a kind of standard. Like, he's clearly got. He's got tenacity because he still believes the things he's always believed in. Hmm. And he's clearly got strength because he hasn't broken. Well, so thing, um, I'm sure that would break most people, that level of abuse. It's the thing that Adam was saying before. The man's never lost an election. Ooh, yeah. He's never lost one. Um, he hasn't broken when he yeah. gets incredible abuse. That um, On Monday, the so-called... Oh, the the so questioning, thing. the yeah. Yeah. Um, She got an easy time. He got a hard time, and he didn't. I mean, she got she got maybe like forty percent Paxo, and he got a full like ninety five percent Paxo. Yeah, and he just he, he just takes it because he can he can yeah. he knows how to do it, and it's that thing of why a Labour cabinet would be better with regards to if you want a strong leader, mm. because you've got people like him, mm. um, like Diane Abbott who have got nothing but abuse their mm. entire career, mm. John McDonnell. Have you any idea how hard it must be to be the parliamentary, um, the parliamentary member, the the bloke, the the lobby for the RMT, mm. and he's been that for so long. Yeah, mm. yeah. and he doesn't break. Not no, do. but Theresa May breaks whenever anyone says 
anyone brings up any numbers? Mm. And she goes, oh, no. Well, the other well, thing I brings think up her policies. She just yeah. goes, no, 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 no. And she has she has no answer mm. to it, but her body language tells you everything you need mm. to know. If you're talking about strong as like a... Yeah. Well, I think the other thing that I personally think is really, really strong is that he hasn't changed his beliefs to please other people. Mm. And I think that's pretty strong. I actually well, think no. he kind of has. Yes. I think on a few bits. One of the things that I was noticing about those first debates was when he was talking about Hamas and IRA. And, like, I'm... He... How do I put this? Up the raw. He did... Yeah, up the raw. He didn't just... He didn't just... Um, this is going to undermine everything I've already said, but <laughs> <laughs> he what he picked a side in that to to go to, and he did good things. Mm. Don't get me wrong; he was coming at it from a good place, but he did go to Irish Republican meetings. He does go to Hamas because he supports the pro-Palestinian movement, and that's he's had to equivocate some of that in the face of. But he doesn't believe in violence. But he doesn't mm. believe in that violence is that solution. He but does believe in a political solution to those things. But he was on the but, he, but at the same time he was on the fringe mm. for thirty years. He had those things coming at him, mm. not just for this election, but for fucking years. Mm. And yeah, yeah also important thing actually with, with like again with actually bringing back to the um, IRA stuff. MI5 investigated him for ages and he's not in prison. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. So he's fine. That's a good point. Yeah. <laughs> so he's fine. If you believe James Bond isn't even slightly competent, which I don't. But. <laughs> okay, my next one. So you've got a co worker. I'm guessing I'm, I'm going to go with co worker for this mm -hmm. one. Yeah. A co worker, because maybe, like a couple of us around this table, you work in some kind of a media-ish kind of environment. Okay, you're listening to this. Maybe you don't, but say you do, or any environment, and your co-worker says, the thing is, I just can't get behind Jeremy Corbyn because I just feel really let down that he wasn't more vocal about Brexit and he wasn't more yeah, vocally I know, yeah, against it. I know it. quite a few people like that who've done that on online and off. Yeah, um, yeah one of my main co-workers, Charlie the Cat, <laughs> she's staunchly, staunchly yeah. pro-EU. Um, <laughs> the thing is, Jeremy Corbyn was really honest during the Brexit stuff and the campaign. Hmm. It, well, he said he was a 7 out of 10. That's mm. more than I was. Yeah. And I still voted to remain. Yeah. Um, but he didn't... He, it wasn't because of him that that Britain voted to leave. Yeah. He didn't put in any less work, which is one of the accusations I see yeah. slung around. No, he did rallies, he did the similar kind of thing to a thing that he wasn't 100% sold on. Yeah. And it's it's a weird kind of like liberal reaction to Brexit was like this very fundamentalist kind of insanity mm. pushing out that they will do they will vote for anybody but they will vote for nobody who was less than 100% pro EU. Mm. And it's like, I think you've got to deal with them on the basis of what, what the referendum was and what the EU is. Mm. What do they think, again, like interrogate them. Mm. What do they think the EU is? And they'll mm. say, so I, look, I'm you know, guessing here, but they'll say something like, it's free movement and it's like a general kind of cultural feeling of inclusiveness mm. and Europeanness, which are cultural, like for them, cultural signifiers about, to a certain extent, consumption, mm. what kind of things they consume, what kind of people they are. So if yeah. you actually undermine that and say undermine it because it's a it's a it's a battle it's a you know it's a war <laughs> with your friends, um, 
if you undermine that and say, well, the choice in the EU election was a fucking catastrophe of being cut off on your own island, or still being linked to this horrific, like, big business capitalist blog, if you get them to think about it like that, then they can become more nuanced. Essentially, you're trying to introduce... You're, <laughs> you're not... You, you're not we're, mm. we're not kind of playing to our strengths here, but you're introducing more nuance to a question, to a mm. group of people who are not used to um, taking like very, very strong stands. Mm. So I think you can probably probably get them that way. <laughs> yeah, that sounds like a good plan. I like that plan. Mm. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So, so did my, uh, one more, one more question yeah. okay. <laughs> that I want to look at because it's, it might be one that drives me particularly crazy. Mm. Okay. So it's... It's essentially, it's the kind of realist in the room. It's the person who says, I just, you know, can't get behind him because he's too idealistic. Mm. He's just, you know. So what do you say to that person? We're all idealistic. He believes in hope. He believes in a better future. I believe in a better future. That's what they believe. What's, what's wrong with believing in a better future? What, um, none of his stuff is unreasonable. All of his stuff is actually, it's low-hanging fruit. Social low-hanging social he democratic is a, fruit. He is the most moderate of social democrats. Yeah, in the grand scheme of things, he's not. He's not like seeking to change almost anything. From my view, I take that as a positive because, like, it's a start for what mm. I want. But you gotta ask them what they want. Mm. Like, there's fucking so many. I mean, like, modern politics has definitely like turned everybody into fucking pound shop cynics. Mm. But at the same time. You've got to ask him. Well, okay, he's too idealistic. What are your What are your ideas? Mm. Not your ideals necessarily, but what are your ideas? Yeah. What do you think? And like I say, my experience is they usually palm you off with some kind of like, uh, like not pleasantry, but like kind of glib kind of observation. And like, look, people are going to be like that. But you, if they're if you're going to take them seriously, or if they're going to take themselves seriously, they have to like question their own their own ideals. Mm. Theresa May has ideals. They just happen to be for evil. Yeah, absolutely. You know, None of his goals are that out of reach either. They're mm. all, it's like, it's that thing. They are fully costed. Yeah. Mm. They're pretty easily achievable. Mm. They're things we had we this had. stuff not long ago. They're mm. things we had yeah. and that were taken. Yeah. This I, isn't I, idealistic. Yeah. It's, it's lit, it is, it's going back to, actually a lot of the stuff, it's going back to the 80s. Yeah. Mm. But also, isn't it, in, there is something a little bit insane about criticising someone for being idealistic. Oh, yeah, like, so. surely no, that's a thing we should No, because people, when they like. say that, they mean naive. Because mm. they're the ones, the cynics, they're the ones like, who know how everything up. really works. Everyone's yeah. a bastard. And I'm just sitting here, and fucking bourbon and cigarettes, and I'm just letting the world burn. Mm. And it's like, no, you're not, mate. You're sitting in your flat. And, I don't know, you've got to call people, or that's a personality thing as much as a politics well, thing. <laughs> yeah, Actually, that's the thing, yeah. that, that's the thing that really they're just people because... Yeah, and then they think everyone else is a prick because yeah. they're massive pricks. I hate that. I bet they're not I even... I hate when you is, get that. Most of like, them, not even massive pricks. They're just grumpy. <laughs> Medium well, pricks. Is, he's the one who's more willing to work in the real world because, you know, you do have to talk to these people. Yeah. Yeah, that's And you have point. to do these things. Yeah. Yeah. But, yeah, those are things... Um, yeah. yeah, I think they are they are the key <laughs> comments. Okay. So yeah, I thanks that's guys. Right. But um, okay, now you're here. Do you want to have our cheer up moment at the end of the episode? I totally do. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Huge. We, we talked about him this week. Make me forget my trouble. Make us forget our troubles. Uh-huh. All right. We talked about him last week, but he was going on again on Twitter. Oh, yeah. um, Toby Young. Yeah. Well, this week on Twitter, Toby Young was talking about how you shouldn't your opinion on racism shouldn't be listened to if you'd ever experienced racism. (laughs) 
Because that means you're not being objective. <laughs> Does that mean we don't have to listen to his opinions on schools? <laughs> because he went to a school. But, okay, I'm going to talk... That's my favourite. No, I love that. That's amazing. That means I'm going to start having a lot of opinions on racism. Yeah. And you guys should definitely start having a lot of opinions on sexism. Yeah. Let's just, yeah, let's just all mix it up. Okay, so this, this is definitely my favourite Toby Young article ever written. Yeah. The day I stopped believing in the friendship myth. <laughs> Should we be surprised that friendship isn't always mutual? That That is one of the findings of a team of researchers at Tel Aviv University who've just published a paper in an academic journal. Who looked they, up the word friendship in a dictionary. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they asked several hundred students to identify which members of their peer group they consider to be friends. On average, half of the people included in this category by each respondent did not feel the same way about them. According wait, wait, wait. So there was a survey done on friendship and people were like, I like Dave, Dave's my friend, but, but Dave, Dave was like, like I don't like Sandra. Yeah. That, that's yeah. what happened in this survey. According to the researchers, this news would come as a shock to most people. The students in this survey thought that 95% of the people they regarded as friends would identify them as friends too. Mm-hmm. But I can't say I'm surprised. In fact... A 50% reciprocity score strikes me as suspiciously high. The researchers... (laughs) That's amazing that he thinks that that's high, not low. The researchers cite another friendship survey in which the score was only 34%. That seems about right to me. (laughs) Oh, no. 45%. I don't have 45% of the people I know who I would call friends. I think it's more 34 Yeah. I have very, very specifically delineated opinions <laughs> on how many people I think like me. <laughs> I think it's 34 And it's within an error of margin of error like. about 5 or 10%. <laughs> I haven't always been so cynical. Before I got married, I was fully signed up, a fully signed up member of the friendship cult. <laughs> like this has to be a troll. There's no way. <laughs> Meetings are on Thursdays and Fridays. Oh my God. Like many young men, I regarded my close friends as a kind of substitute family with all accompanying ties and responsibilities. If one of them was in trouble, you did everything in your power to help them. And if you were in trouble, you could expect the same from them. As far as I was concerned, we had a lot in common with the Mafia, save for the need to do something unspeakable before you were admitted. Loyalty was a supreme virtue. You killed people! (laughs) With any other quality coming a distant second. Dealt bootleg booze. (laughs) Very much like a Mafia. It was my stag weekend 15 years ago that the scales fell from my eyes. <laughs> there are about 10 people I place in the innermost circle. My personal Cosa Nostra. Wait, wait, what was that word? My personal co- Cosa Nostra. Yeah. That's, uh, I don't even know what that word means. What does that it's mean? You've watched Sopranos. It's oh, the, okay. The, 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 I don't think Tony uh, ever said it? that. Yeah, no, they, 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 well, no they say our thing, don't they? Yeah, they, they never say they it. They never say mafia, they say our thing. Mm. Yeah, but it means La Cosa Nostra because... Um, that, that would get them all arrested for saying it. Yeah, they say our thing. Well, I prefer yeah. the way Tony says it. It's fucking awesome, by the way. It's okay. so fucking badass. Okay. <laughs> and I've invited them all to Malaga a week before I got married. Or rather, Classic. my best friend invited them, having volunteered to organise a trip. He promised a whistle-stop tour of the most glamorous nightclubs in Marbella and enlisted the help of a well-connected local DJ to smooth our passage. <laughs> I didn't think of this as an opportunity for a final blowout with my nearest and dearest, since it didn't occur to me that I'd be seeing I'd be seeing any less of them after I got married. Innocent that I was, I thought of marriage as adding another person to my intimate circle rather than the substitution of one for the other. I thought of marriage as the addition of a new friend. Yes. <laughs> 
I but think... it is. It is that. Now I'm really curious because obviously where we're going with this story is he lost all his friends. <laughs> Never had any friends. <laughs> <laughs> I experienced a brutal reality check when only four of the ten honoured guests appeared at the Spanish hotel on the Friday <laughs> evening. <laughs> he got catfished by people he knew! And then it was... I mean, if it's like a normal night at the pub and four of the ten show up, I mean, that's rubbish, but it's okay, but you're stag, dude. Wow, people really hate it's him. It's better. They just wanted him to go to Malaga. It's it 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 better. How? The no-shows included my best friend, the organiser of the festivities. <laughs> he left a message on my phone explaining that he'd been held up by an emergency and might be a few hours late. Needless to say, he never made it. But he'd fully briefed another member of the group and he was more than happy to take the reins. Unfortunately, that friend didn't materialise either. We ended up spending the first night in an English pub watching West Ham lose 2-0 to Leeds United. I'm so glad Toby Young has a terrible life. (laughs) Yeah. I just just really want to make something really clear to him. I mean, he's not listening, but if he was, I want him to know it's just you. Yeah, it is just him. (laughs) Okay. What's the common thread in all of this? (laughs) Toby Young is the personification. Most people turn up at their stag dudes. That's just, that is a given. Toby Young is the personification of if you meet a cunt in the morning, you met a cunt. If you meet Mm -hmm. cunts all day, you're the cunt. (laughs) (laughs) The low point was the activity on the Saturday. The low point! <laughs> not, not that. He hadn't, didn't have the emotional intelligence to decipher being abandoned by everybody who he likes and think like him. So the low point was a scuba diving trip to some local caves which my best friend had persuaded me to pay for on an understanding that everyone would pay me back. <laughs> they might have too if they'd bother to turn up. In the event. That's really funny because that means like I mean like standard rules. I've been like a maid of honor, and I've also been a bride with a maid of honor. The rule is that everyone pays for you. You don't pay; they pay for you. That's like he got fucked up. Is he just friends with a load of Russian call girls who he got their like, <laughs> he got their t- their their like, uh, like their adverts out of a phone booth, and then wonders why he got really drunk, and then wonders why they stole all his money. In the event, only three of us made the trip. <laughs> with the other two refusing to get out of bed for the early morning start. It made no odds anyway, because the scuba instructor decided to cancel the dive at the last minute on account of the heavy rain. He gave me a partial refund, but kept the deposit, which, if memory serves, was around £500. <laughs> That's the worst. The guy felt so sorry that his unreturn- he refunded part of a deposit. I actually really want to write this script. It's like such an antithesis to the hangover. Yes. <laughs> As we put her back to the shore in the leaky fishing boat, the rain lashing at our wetsuits, I had a moment of clarity. My belief in the unbreakable bonds, bronze, unbreakable bonds of friendship was a sentimental oh. illusion. The true test isn't when you're in trouble. It's relatively, relatively easy to stand by your friends in their hour of need. Although come to <laughs> yes, think that's it, the old saying. <laughs> you know who your friends are when times are good. <laughs> <laughs> although come to think of it, plenty of my friends have failed that test too. <laughs> It's whether they're prepared to inconvenience themselves, inconvenience themselves for your benefit, particularly if it involves getting on a plane and shelling out a few hundred quid. Turned out, sixty percent of the people I regard as my closest friends weren't. In respect, bear, bear in, in mind as well, when he's talking about money, I imagine 
Right, he's rich, mm. right? Mm. And I imagine most of his friends are rich. I imagine a booze cruise to Malaga isn't going to fucking yeah. set him back that much. No. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, it's not one of those situations yeah. where someone asks you to go to a wedding and it's going to cost you five grand and then they're really offended that you don't want to spend five grand because you don't have five grand. Yeah, yeah. It's not like That's that. That's not that. No. You're going for a pie. Yeah, and he's clearly got friends who could afford Malaga. Yeah. Yeah. In retrospect, it was a good lesson to learn just before getting married. After that, whenever there was a conflict between loyalty to Caroline and loyalty to my friends, I was never in doubt about who came first. I'm really looking forward to his article about divorce. (laughs) (laughs) That's all I'm going to say about that. He's a prick. And I'm glad his friends hate him. There's no way he couldn't have written that with some level of like self self knowledge. Oh, he's he knows he's hated. Like, there's no way he. But like. Usually there's some kind of thing that makes you seem more pathetic in order to, like, make attacks on you seem, like, harsh from the people who are doing them. But I don't even know if that's a self-defense. He just self-owned himself just constantly. (laughs) And then tried to have figures to back up how self-owned he was. But I kind of think it goes back to a thing we were just saying when we were talking about Jeremy Corbyn being idealistic. Mm. Is that actually, if you're a twat, it makes you feel better to think other people are twats. Mm. Yeah. So actually, he's a twat, and therefore people don't like him. It makes he's him feel much better to go, no one has a good he's friend. He's cool, because he's Everyone's, figured out the puzzle. Yeah, and yeah. no one's got a good friend, and everyone has a shit stag do, and it's not just me, everyone's a twat. Yeah. But actually, some people are nice. So that make you f- but he's a twat. Did that make you both feel good? That makes you feel so <laughs> yeah. good. That's one of the best ones. I have yeah. seen the title. I've never it's read one the of the best article, articles. I've seen the title of that article. Um, and yeah, yeah, so that's the end of this episode, and... Yeah. Will be next week. It we're going to try and do something. Well, like we're going to be doing it on the election. Yeah, so we're going to do something. Big group. Um, we're going to do half of it before half of it before the election's called bumper episode. So it's going to be episode fifteen A and episode fifteen B, where we've all drunk ourselves to death. Yeah, <laughs> we're going to do half the episode of episode fifteen at the start of the election day, and half at the end. So. The second half, will it be like, I don't know, four in the morning or the next day? Are you going to do it like hungover or Fuck are you going to just wait inside? Depends, depends on depends what state goes. we're in. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. yeah. But there'll be a before and after. Yeah. So that's what we'll be doing next week Yeah. for the election. So uh, yeah, as usual, subscribe to us on iTunes. Follow us on Twitter at WDTATW underscore podcast. Uh, you can follow me at BM Bergamo and follow Hugh at Tanner Smashing. Yeah. Alright guys, thanks for listening.
Since they amputated my food 